Now playing comes a podcast from two brothers. My name is Christian Durant. And I'm Pedro Durant. About the movies that raised them. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? From the laugh-out-loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear-jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast, where we talk about the movies that raised us. My name is Christian Duran, and with me, as always, is... Pedro Duran. We're the Duran brothers. Uh, yeah, how you doing, Mike? I'm okay. I'm gonna call you Mike. That's fine. Yeah, uh, nobody else. Again, for yeah. reasons that will go <laughs> un- yeah. unexplained throughout the yeah. course of this. Podcast. Let's just say witness protecting protection <laughs> program. If you've seen the end of Goodfellas, you understand. So yes. that's why I'm living in Australia. That's why I go by a different name. And, uh, <laughs> that I- is, there are a lot of like <laughs> there are you do have a lot of things that like <laughs> it sounds like you actually are in the witness protection. People ask me all the time because uh, they'll be like, "Are you a spy?" Because uh, a I you know um, I for those two things there and then. Um, especially living in Australia, they're like, you're an American. Why are you living here? <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of Americans don't travel this way. And then um, if you see my social media, I put a lot of filters on there to hide my identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, an old, specifically an old man filter where like people have come up to me and be like, is Pedro okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. People ask me that. Yeah, that, that you know, why'd you do that? And I'm like, I just like, I just... It's, I just think it's funny. I mean, I have a reason why I started doing it, but then now I just keep it up with it and why change yeah. it? So, so it's that, but, um, I'm good. I'm okay. I've uh, been hanging out watching some movies and stuff like that as, as always anything new I'm trying to, I, I on this kick this week, I don't know for whatever reason, but I been, I was like, let me check out some rom-coms to see if um, there's anything that's, I know mm. honestly I was just thinking like, what's my favorite rom-com and I don't know if it was something that I grew up watching and I thought I have an idea of something that I was like I guess if I had to choose one that would be the one and I have it on uh, in my library I, I'm trying to get it on blu-ray but I don't I, I think it's so unpopular that it's forgotten in time that they just yeah. never made a blu-ray release so I had to get it on 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 dvd um and um yeah it's interesting what is it? uh love potion number nine do you remember that wow wow <laughs> yeah tate love donovan potion number nine sandra bullock sandra bullock sandra bullock yeah and interesting um, premise yeah yeah i thought so it's a it's a it's a it's, how would you describe the the premise for people it's who don't like know? A, it's a pretty zany com- uh comedy it's a real like man they I feel like old man saying this, but like they really don't make them like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. They just like never go that crazy with the concept anymore. Okay. Like, yeah. um, well, tell people what the concept is. So the concept, the concept is that these two scientists create a love potion. So basically, it's like this, this like mouth, not mouthwash, but like mouth spray, binocular. Yeah, it's a breath spray. Breath spray. You spray it, and as soon as you start talking, whoever you're talking to falls in love with you. 
Uh, yeah, kind of. It has to be the opposite sex. The it opposite has to be sex. the opposite. <laughs> well, that's why it's not made today. Like yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's so nineties. Are like, I mean, we're not trying to do no gay shit. <laughs> well, that's funny because they don't have anything like that. They don't have that scenario pop up where Tate yeah. Donovan or Sandra Bullock or because if they did, it's in the nineties. So they would. The joke would have been Tate Donovan uses a spray. He talks to like some macho dude and then the guy's like hi and then it's like yeah. oh awkward yeah you know right, but yeah. they don't have that joke at all so but what what it is is well the thing you you it's been a while since you've probably seen it but the uh-huh. thing about it that you have to mention is that they're hopeless they're dweebs they're, both yes. of them are dweebs they just can't get a date take donovan yeah. is like they're both uh uh biochemists yeah. Yeah. They're biochemists that, uh, that, and they're, and they are nerds. I mean, not even, I won't even say nerds. They're just like dweebs. They're, both of them are socially awkward. They just can't do it. They just can't do it. Tate Donovan, you know, um, all he can do is like talk science. And, you know, the, there's an opening scene where he's at the bar with a bunch of his friends and they're like, and it's, it's funny. One thing I remember about that, Rebecca stabbed. You know who that is? No. She is, she had a, she has a lengthy career. She was actually, I think she dated Jerry Seinfeld in one episode of Seinfeld. I don't know. I have to look what her deal was. She could have been man hands. I don't, well, I'll double check on that. But yeah. uh, she was the original Sue Storm in that failed fantastic wow. movie. Okay. So that's how I know her as. And um, anyway, so she's in the bar and, you know, he his friends are like go talk to her she's like and obviously he's like she's in this red dress and she's like super sexy and stuff and um what happens is like she's he approaches her and she looks at her friend it's like like fucking nerd or whatever and yeah. he starts talking and he's fumbling his words and stuff and then the scene is she's like listen i will go home with you and i'll be your total sex slave listen that if you can tell me who made this dress and he's just like, oh, I don't know. And then she goes, and bye bye now. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. what happens is he feels shitty about himself. He goes to a fortune teller. The fortune teller says, you are unlucky in love. She gives him this, um, it's like a, a goo, basically. And she says, if you take, if you use this goo, you will be unresistible, uh, irresistible to uh, the opposite sex. He doesn't think about it. He's uh, whatever. He throws it in the trash. His cat licks it. The next day, all these cats are male cats are, you know, after his his cat. So he figures, since he's a biochemist, he's gonna use it on himself, use it as a spray. And it works. Like all he has to do is you know talk. And they say in the movie explicitly, you can say anything, as long as they hear your voice, um, the opposite sex, uh, there's a, a something in your brain triggers where they think that they're in love with you for the mm-hmm. next four hours. Um, and then they use that to their advantage. Sandra Bullock as well. She's a dweeb. She's in this really toxic relationship with this guy who basically, um, you know, comes over, fucks her and leaves her and you know, doesn't want to be seen with her. She really likes him, but he's basically, he, he's, he's using her as like a jump off. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And um, so then she starts using it. She starts using it. And of course, she like attracts like this top fashion designer. She ends up dating the Prince of England <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Who, um, you know, who? Uh, oh, he's actually. Uh, I gotta think about who he's played by. Somebody really, really famous. So stuff like that. And then, of course, for her, because 
you know, she's wearing, uh, she has glasses. How dare her? She has fucking yeah. glasses and she has buck teeth. You know, mm-hmm. then eventually she goes, uh, yeah, she gets contacts, she gets her teeth done and she's, yeah. and that, it's that classic scene where Tate Donovan looks at her and he was like, wow, you're, you were pretty all along really. And then it yeah. turns out they just, they've always been in love with each other, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of But course. then there is some conflict, which is not too bad. It's not too bad. There's some conflict and then he has to win her over. It's Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker plays the Prince of England in that movie. Oh, weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, so yeah, I, I was just thinking about what was my, what's the, my favorite uh, rom-com. But the thing movie? I always remember about that is I love, there was like a little, there's a side story where like a prostitute accidentally uses it like yeah. doesn't really yeah. get either like figures out how it works or why it works and just decides that she's just going to use it to like get guys to like pay for everything for her kind of yeah so at one point tate donovan after he's been using the love spray love spray um a friend of tate donovan hires a hooker for him this prostitute so she shows up and she's like a tr- she's like in the movie she's just trashy so she's like i gotta use she's like and it's great cause she's like really <coughs> coughing and yeah like, <laughs> yeah she's kind of gross yeah she got i gotta use your bathroom and so she goes to the medicine cabinet and she's just yeah. like taking all his medicine like taking all his pills and she just sees the love spray and she doesn't know what it is she's just sprays it and she's like oh and yeah, so she takes it and she, um, re- she's like, "Oh, I, I see what this does." But then when she goes back to Tate Donovan's house, she gets her hands on like the concentrated, uh, yeah, concentrated bottle, and she just starts sucking it back, like literally, like a, a like a bottle of whiskey. And because it's un because it's concentrated, it just makes all the dudes in this i mean literally there's a scene where she's running away from running yeah that's from men in the city yeah yeah and it's like 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 she's running down a hill and they're all chasing after her yeah yeah exactly it's like a parade of men cops like construction workers yeah there's like she's like scared (laughs) yeah yeah because it's like a it's like a like the lion king a stampede of men are are after her Mm mm-hmm and uh yeah but then it, it turns out to funny results because then she realizes like she there's a point where she's she's like stop and he goes and she sees oh everyone jump on one leg and they all start doing yeah. it everyone put your hands up bark like a dog and they all start doing it and then you know and that's i think that's the last scene you've seen with her and stuff but yeah um so yeah and, and the thing i remember it from too like rebecca stab i remember watching that i was like who is this chick because like i said in the first interaction he asked with her she goes bye bye he sees her at the bar again and he puts on the love spray and the same kind of thing. She's like really into him and she's like, Oh, so what are you into? And he's like, I'm not really into cars or fashion. She goes, and you know, she does a total, uh, yeah. uh 180. Oh, me neither. And he's, you know, and she's like, listen, I want to go home with you. This and that. She like literally, uh, uh she jumps on him. She like yeah. st- begins straddling him in the bar and the payoff is, Tate Donovan says to her in, um, you know, in, in the same fashion that she said to him earlier, and he goes, listen, I will go home with you and become your total love slave if you can tell me. And he gives this like really convoluted mathematical equation. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. And then he goes, sorry, bye bye. And that's the payoff. And yeah, that's when he that's uh, the his um, um redemption in in that but i just remember her in that movie and i was like wow she is super super hot so um 
yeah, Love Potion number nine, I think would be my uh, my favorite rom-com growing up. So yeah, I've been watching a bunch of rom-coms this weekend. I saw Made in Manhattan with... Um, oh, um, wow. You never guess... Okay, so you know who's the the female lead, right? Uh, Jennifer Lopez, right? Who's the male lead? Who You never guess. because Ray, Ray Fiennes. Yes. <laughs> like, who thought that was I know! Like- That's why I had to watch it. Because I was like, these two... Let me watch an hour and a half of these two not having chemistry with each other. Yeah, I was like... And that was a... That was a big movie for her. That was like when that was a big hit. A, I saw it. it was yeah. it was like number one in the box office for three weeks. Yeah, and that was when she had the number one album and the number one movie in the country. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and it's that's like when she was he's playing really, really like a politician. Obviously, you get the premise. I don't even have to tell you the premise. You already know yeah. what the premise is, right? Yeah. But he's playing an American uh, uh, politician, or I think he's running for mayor or senator of New York. And like, bro, I'm like. Dude, this dude, his American accent's worse than Cumberbatch. Like, he just yeah. can't hold it together. Like, fucking hell, man. So I was. Yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like, why don't you just get an American actor to be in this thing? Yeah, it's the, the weirdest choice, especially in retrospect, because he's so – he's either playing a villain or yeah. M – or like he's just not like he's a, just playing a serious dude like he's just not nah, it's not even that he's just not appealing to, i don't think he's a, a, like a sexy you know, women don't think of him as a sexy guy well i mean this is after the english patient which was like yes yeah i guess supposed to be a ro- i've never seen it it's like a romance or whatever so yeah then i guess he had some of that you know english patient dust on him but like yeah, that heat yeah i guess so but it's just like you look at that now you're like what a mismatch of like two people one thing that i don't like about the jennifer lopez rom-coms is anytime she's in one she always like like she has no edge whatsoever okay what do you mean like she like if you hear jennifer lopez in anything or like she still has a little bit of street to her Mm. there's always like a little bit of but when she plays like she's in a rom-com she's like Oh my god! Like she's trying to be like Kate Sweet. Hudson or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan like, or something. Right? Yeah. Like it's weird. Like I'm always like she's always like acting to me. Like she did that movie Hustlers, and I was like, that's this is what she should have been doing this whole time. Like, yeah, playing like like kind of a cutthroat person, like mm. who doesn't give a fuck. But like these rom-coms she's like overly nice she always has a friend in it who says what she wants to say like leah remini and oh my gosh she was in the worst movie i, uh, I saw a trailer for that the other day because they my my algorithm was like oh you just saw a jennifer lopez movie I, I think it's second act is it yes yeah yes this movie whoa i watched this movie really so, it's we funny because watched- I wanted to watch it and I was because I just saw Made in Manhattan and it was like you should like this and I was like maybe I'll watch this but then I saw it and I was like okay right, well, you should have because it starts out it starts out as this movie she's dating Milo Ventimiglia and her best friend's Leah Remini she has mm-hmm. a I don't remember if she has a kid or not but so she's like she's working at like a grocery store. And then she decides something about where she decides to try to get into fashion or something, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Some Somehow she gets a job in a big fashion industry or, or like a perfume company or something like that. Something yeah. in like, but it's that, like corporate, isn't it? That is, yeah. She gets a corporate job. So Vanessa Hutchins plays the right hand of the owner of the company. And she's like, 
she's looking for the promotion and she sees Jennifer Lopez coming and is like, Oh, this bitch. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, you can tell like she's going to be at odds with her. Like that's her enemy. And, um, so Jennifer Lopez has to put together a team. They're like, they set up as things like, all right, Vanessa Hutchins, you have one week to come up with the perfect sample. Jennifer Lopez, you have one week to come up with a team to get the perfect perfume or whatever. Whoever wins gets the promotion or whatever it is. So Jennifer Lopez doesn't know what she's doing really because she just like she just left the grocery store and is working out here. So she gets like the ragtag group of like the like the most clueless scientist working in chemicals, an assist somebody's assistant and a PR person. And then like, you know, it's just the hijinks and sue type movie, like you mm. think it's gonna be, right? All of a sudden. This movie's going along. They're trying to like, they're, you know, fun and games are ensuing about like trying to get this perfume done with this ragtag group of people. All of a sudden, it turns out that Vanessa Hudgens is Jennifer Lopez's daughter that she abandoned like 20 what? years ago. It's like, and then the movie just like, everybody stops caring about this perfume thing. Like the perfume thing was like a ruse to get her there. It makes no what? sense. And then, <laughs> and then it stops becoming a comedy and just starts like being this like cheesy drama where like Vanessa Hudgens and JLo are like trying to reconnect. Yeah. And then at some point it goes back to like the perfume plot. It dude, it is so and it's long too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Did you think Vanessa watching, Hudgens know that L was yes, her mom? Vanessa Hudgens and the head of the company, who I think is her father her adopted father okay. set the whole thing up in order for her to meet them. Dude, it is so insane. Especially if you think you're like, if you, if you thought you were going to made in Manhattan to like watch this movie, it's one of the great, like, how did this happen? Movies? Because it's just so like, none of it you see coming, but not in a good way at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's kind of like, why didn't she just reach out to her? <laughs> Dude, it is so like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like, yo, what is this? Why don't you just... if You you already knew who she was, right? It's, it seems right. like it. Why don't you just send her an email or like just... You knew where Dude. she was working at. Just go and be like, yo, I'm your... You know, the daughter that you uh, gave up all those years ago. I just want to reconnect yeah. with you. What's, what's up with this whole plan? Dude, and it's not like they set it up. Like it's not like Leah Remini's. That's like, crazy remember, too. Like, That's what I was going to ask. Kid, you. Yeah. Remember that kid you gave up years ago? It's just like, it, it's just like it just comes up. She's just like, I'm your daughter from the thing, and you're like watching. You're like, they haven't said anything. She hasn't said anything <laughs> about having a girl, a daughter. So you're like, is this like a trick? Because yeah. Vanessa Hudgens seems kind of evil from the yeah. beginning. Like, and it's like, no, no, and, and it just like. Dude, it was long and painful and, and like not funny and like trying to be serious and like, dude, it was a lot. It was a lot of movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's funny because like I said, I think it was maybe maybe two nights ago I watched this movie Made in Manhattan and then I saw the trailer for that for second uh, second act and yeah. I was like, oh, it's basically the same thing because the same thing in Made in Manhattan, she has a friend like Leah Remy, Remy where it's a brunette chick and she's from jersey you know what i mean and she's just yeah. like she has the attitude and like and is the supportive friend of like you know jennifer lopez if you don't do it then you who's gonna do it you know what i yeah. mean and i was like oh this is basically the same movie but uh, i guess i, I guess it not. was not 
It was not. Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> you were saying about like the edge and uh, what J-Lo's um, lack of edge. They try to do that in Made in Manhattan because like, for instance, Ray Fiennes, he's playing a senator and he's like, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm lobbying for, you know, inner city projects and stuff. And then every scene, every time that comes up and J-Lo has like a, a monologue, which is like, what do you know about the inner city? You know, did you actually go to the Bronx and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of yeah. like, she's like one of these chicks that's just like, maybe if you actually just go into the the hood and actually talk to the people, you might know something instead of just campaigning about it. And that's what like attracts Ray Fiennes to her apparently. To, yeah. To, to, to. I was watching that movie. Eventually they ended up like they, they, um, it's very much like a pretty woman thing. Like obviously no she's trying to hide for the and bob hopkins is in this movie i feel so bad for him he has nothing to do like in this he's just like he has barely any dialogue and i'm like yo he deserves way more way better than that um but um obviously she's a maid she doesn't want him to know he that she's a maid because social status quo stuff i guess but also the point is that she's going for a managerial job at the hotel that she's working and she mm-hmm. thinks that it is going to uh hinder her her chances if they find out that i guess she's um uh, running around with this with a what are the guests at the hotel yeah. someone like that this some some aspects of it that that's that that's it i mean there's a little bit more depth into it but it really doesn't matter but I was watching the movie. And eventually, they go to a big ball gala or something, and they they sleep with each other. Um, and then at that point, she walks out, and she, you know, the rom com thing is like, "Can't be with you." And then Ray finds spends the rest of the movie like looking for her. And I'm just and I, just being cynical, I'm just like, man, he just got a taste of that Latin booty. And that's why he's just like, <laughs> I gotta find her. I gotta find. Yeah. She really put that thing on me. <laughs> That'd be a great line. <laughs> yeah. I think about Ja Rule, I was thinking, it must be the ass. They got me like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, I just saw, not just, but like, you know, there was that movie she did with Owen Wilson, that rom-com called Marry Me. It was like exclusively on Peacock. Just okay. one of those movies that like, it was like premiered on Peacock. And it was like the Friday movie. Unlike Second Act, it was like, it was exactly what it was promised to be. And no more, no less. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was totally fine. Um, you know, it basically like Jennifer Lopez gets cheated on. She's a singer, mm-hmm. a very famous singer. She gets cheated on by her very famous singer boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so at a concert, she finds out that he's cheating and she goes, I'll marry. She's supposed to be, get married mm-hmm. at this concert to him. And they like, oh, to the you know, sing- singer, yeah. to the singer. And they's like, they, you know, they sold pay-per-views based on that. And then he didn't go through with it and just up there feeling sad. And she goes, I'll marry the next person or like, yeah, so I'll marry one of you guys. And then it's Owen Wilson who happens to be in the crowd. He's not a fan. He's like, somebody dragged him. His daughter, I think drags him to the thing. And then she just decides to marry him. And then they like start getting to know each other in the public eye. And he's a teacher and she starts going to his school and it's fine. It's it, And then, you know, of course, it's everything you think it's going to be. And then they're really not like into each other, but they keep spending time. And then her singer boyfriend comes back comes and back, he's like, yeah. baby, come back to me. And then she's like, okay, a little bit. 
And then she realizes that she actually wants to be with Owen Wilson. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's but Owen Wilson have, do? Like, what's his, like, he's, he's just a, a regular guy, right? Yeah, he's a teacher. He's just yeah. like a, you know, second grade teacher or something like that. But the song she sings in is very catchy. It's like, marry me, marry me, say yes, marry me. <laughs> uh, we were singing that all weekend when when we uh, heard that. But yeah, it's just like. Can I ask you a question? When you see a movie like that, marry me, who's the star in that one now? Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking because it was like, is it Owen Wilson who's the audience no. who's supposed to attract the audience or is it J-Lo? It's J-Lo. I mean – the the it's weird because it's like, I mean these rom coms are designed for women, yeah. So J Lo is kind of the draw, and then it's kind of like it's kind of like why you can put Ray Fiennes in it because it kind of doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like, mm. a lot of times, like the guy in the movie is like a guy on the come up in romantic comedies. Yeah, the guy the woman is usually a star. It's like a Julia Roberts or Sandra Bullock or a J Lo or a Kate Hudson or something. And the guy is like somebody on the come up or like even Matthew McConaughey when he started doing those romantic comedies was like a little, like he was just starting to be a household name. Like even though he had done fast times, not fast times, um, uh, dazed and confused and time to kill. He wasn't like, Famous, 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 right? Like, uh, I guess he wasn't a list. I guess you can say. I guess not, but like, I think I, that, I mean, he was. I think he was famous. People knew Matthew McConaughey, but yeah, I, I guess so. I maybe I'm wrong, but like, but yeah, but those were his like biggest hits at the time. The romantic comedies at first, like How yeah. to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, but like, there's also like, like Hugh Grant wasn't huge when he started doing the Notting Hills and stuff, right? Mm, I mean, probably in England, don't you think? Like he was a, like a yeah, probably. Uh, but in like, I'm talking about like mainstream America. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. I'm talking about Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bill Pullman was the thing of like Sandra Bullock's while you were sleeping. Was wasn't, he? Yeah. Wasn't it Bill Pullman? Uh, I think so. But then who's wait? But someone was in the bed, right? So. Yeah, someone was the sleeping. Maybe <laughs> yeah, that was someone was in, was, un, was unconscious. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bill Pullman. Yeah, and then yeah. Peter Gall was Peter Gallagher. Peter the Gallagher. One? Yeah, Peter Gallagher was the one that was like knocked out on, yeah. in a coma or something like that. That is a crazy concept. Imagine, imagine you, imagine me. Like you found out that I was in the hospital. Yeah unconscious and you go and the whole family comes out and <laughs> to, to see if i'm okay and there's a woman there and it's like oh i'm his i'm his girlfriend we've been dating for or like everything even fiance like yeah but you know but let's just take a girlfriend i've been his girlfriend we've been dating for like six months or something and yeah. then like she starts oh okay this is this is where we live and this is what we've been doing this is our life here and then it turns out i wake up and i'm like I don't know that bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. who's this? What? <laughs> is that like, what happens? Yeah. So that's what happens. Like there, it's Sandra oh. Bullock. She, she just meets him. I think it's Peter Gallagher is the one. Oh. Like, they, she just meets him and then she pretends that she knows him or they're, they're engaged or, or something. Yeah. And then she gets to know the family. She becomes one of the family, but then she yeah. starts falling in love with Bill Pullman. I believe that's what, and that's the dilemma. Yeah. She's like, Hey, 
I'm falling in love with my fake fiance's brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's that. And then he wakes up, Peter Gallagher wakes up and he's like, I don't know who Sandra Bullock is. So, um, and, and that's basically, that's basically the movie. So. Yeah. Wow. For some reason, I just thought like she was dating him. He goes into a coma and then she just like likes the other dude. <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> just like, yeah, I didn't know it was like, uh, I didn't know it was that kind of scenario. It's almost I like just, if you take another scenario, if you take another turn, it's just a lifetime movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where she's just of. like a crazy psycho, you know, trying to get into this family. So, yeah, I think uh, all these movies, that's where all these movies went. They went to Hallmark and Lifetime. Yeah. Um, um, I'm looking at um, Meg Ryan's, uh, um, film history yeah, and you're right course. like i'm looking at this um all the all the her co-stars her male co-stars uh and one's um Besides hugh jackman yeah, yeah yeah hugh jackman was on the come up yeah exactly before he was the, the is that the Wolverine. one where he was kate and leopold is that the that's one it. where he was yeah that's exactly it and what is the, and what is this an english duke from 1876 and inadvertently dragged to modern day new york where he falls yeah. for a plucky advertising executive Dude, God, what is crazy? This is such a like I, high concept. Know, like, <laughs> I know, but like, you know, the craziest part about it is look at who's the director and the writer is James Mangold. James Mangold, Logan, director of Logan, yeah, the uh, Wolverine and Indiana Jones Five. You know, in two thousand one, whenever they did it, it was a bomb, and like, you know, this was a mistake. And then, meanwhile, years later, turns out that was like the best connection. James Mangold ever made like you know what I mean like he, he mm-hmm. hooked up with Hugh Jackman and they you know like they had a obviously they probably had a, a good filming working experience yeah, yeah a working relationship that he was like yo James like you know what you're doing come direct this like Wolverine movie this Wolverine yeah. sequel for me and then they did the second Wolverine movie in Japan and then they did Logan which oh, is he did one that of the too? greatest comic book movies ever yeah he did Wolverine. What's that one? The Wolverine, isn't it? The Wolverine. Yeah, yeah Wolverine. I just call it Wolverine favorite. Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, I I think I I've seen it, was, it just once. Me too. I thought it was pretty boring. Yeah, I have it here on on my library somewhere, but I've seen it just once, and the only thing I remember from that is that first scene where he where he protects that general from the bombing, the the nuclear bomb. Do you remember yeah, that? I don't even, nope, I do not. It's him, Wolverine, and like some Japanese soldier. It could be a general. It just could be a random soldier. They get, yeah. they get, they fall into a well of some sort, and they're both right. Stuck there. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're just stuck down there, and then they drop the atomic yes. bomb. So yeah, like yeah, Wolverine yeah. covers him, and he takes the blast. Him. Yeah, and, and then, then that he's dude, like, he comes back years later. He's like, oh, thank you for saving me. I wanted, to, I remembered you all this time, and I want to help you. But yeah. In reality, he's. He's like, I remember that one dude who saved me. Yeah. He wants to take his like healing power power so that he can live forever. See, now now you can say I remember now. Because then I remember there's like a robot at the end or something. Yeah, yeah. He's like in a samurai robot, the silver samurai. It's like halfway before they started like letting superhero movies just be like insane. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when 2000s X-Men came, they had to give them all black costumes because they weren't like, they weren't ready to just have them be in the comic book costumes yeah without having to explain it like now like in fantastic four two i think with 
Jessica Alba and Chris Evans, the oh, yeah. Rise of the Silver Surfer. They had yeah. Galactus, but it was like a cloud. Yeah. Because they couldn't just stupid. have him be like a spaceman. But yeah. now there's like, they would never not just do Galactus as like. The big a, giant. Yeah. A fucking million foot giant man. Yeah. With a crazy helmet. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, gunned down the. The thing, but yeah, so he directed a lot of stuff. Copland, Kate and Leopold, Identity, which is everybody who, yes, of course, everybody. It's weird. This is one of those movies that everybody's of that. If you were around in 2003, you saw Identity (laughs) and everybody kind of remembers it, but like, it's not that great, but we all remember the twist ending. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. I I saw it. I think it's cheesy. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I, I mean, the, the ride is pretty interesting, but then when they do the twist, you're just like, really, really, like, man. That's corny. Yeah, I'm like, you know, you had me. I was with you guys, and then you took me. You, you said this is it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of whack. So, um, I did not, did not care for it. So I'll tell people to. Um, I don't avoid love that all one. his movies now that I'm like looking at him, because like he did. Um... So he he has Copland, which is which I like to a degree. It's like to me, it feels like it's trying to be like a Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Copland? No, I've heard about it, but I just, it's on my list, but I just haven't, I haven't gone around to watch it. I believe it's it's Sylvester Stallone, uh, Ray Liotta, Harvey Keitel, Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. So it's like supposed to be a little bit of it's like Sylvester Stallone inserting himself into uh, a Scorsese movie in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's about like New York, the New Jersey, New York cops and like, you know, them trying to protect each other. Robert De Niro's like um, internal affairs and then there's mobsters and all this stuff happens. But it's like it's a little bit wannabe Scorsese, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um it never to me it never really it's okay but it never lives up to you know obviously how do you live up to scorsese but yeah and he did girl interrupted kate and leopold identity then he hits his big thing with walk the line um then 310 to yuma night and day with cameron diaz and tom cruise i like 310 Um, to yuma that's really good i don't know if i ever finished it i remember starting it and yeah kind of liking it yeah it's good i i like it then he did Wolverine, Logan, and Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Mm. And upcoming okay. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Are you are you interested in that? No. I mean, one thing is that like I uh and this is, you know, going back to the movies that raised us, is like I was so aware of Indiana Jones and um it's one of those things like if we didn't have the VHS, like it just wasn't it wasn't going to penetrate. Right. Yeah. So like I saw a million ET parodies without have ever having seen ET. I've seen a right. million Indiana Jones parodies without ever like the boulder running from the boulder was like mm-hmm. in the nineties, every commercial, every show parodied that. Yeah, so like, Simpsons I felt like I famously did it too. Exactly. Like I felt like I didn't have to see it to some, at some degree. And I also like, it's very different from like star Wars. Like I remember seeing star Wars when I was probably like, 10 or 11 or something like that um because i remember they did the re-releases in 97 probably mm-hmm. so i would have been 10 10 or 11 um 
And that's like the perfect age you need to see Star. If you see Star Wars at 10 or 11, you're going to be, you, it'll hit. But like Indiana Jones, I just never saw at that age. I just never saw at the right age. And it never like, so I've never, I like them and I have them all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, like, I don't know. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was fine to me. Like I didn't, I don't have the problem with it that everybody else seems to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh, it's fucking bullshit. But right. Like, ruined oh. my fucking childhood. I'm like, I mean, it, I, that wasn't part of my childhood. So I yeah. don't even, yeah. But yeah, I don't, are you? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll watch it. I, I, I like I say, yeah. yeah, the same thing. I have them all here. Um, it's not, these aren't films I, and I just got them just to get them. Cause I saw them in the yeah. store and they were on sale and I was just like, all right, all, I can get all four of them on sale. Um, yeah. and, um, I mean, I'm not really like really fussed about it either one way or the other, you know? Yeah. Um, they're fine. I don't really paid like i don't know i just same thing like it wasn't anything like like you were saying we didn't have it on vhs when we grew up so it wasn't a movie that we we had access to to watch or appreciate all the time yeah Um, they're fine whatever i mean i'm keen to watch it because i'm going to see i think it's interesting let's i guess i want to see how good or bad that deep fake technology is the de-aging stuff yeah is um on the trailer looks good you know compared to something like Honestly, the, uh, uh, like I, the, I love the Irishman, but that deface, uh, that de-aging technology, I look at it now, I'm like, mm, I can see where yeah. it is faulty or even more so like Tron Legacy with, uh, yeah, when they do with Jeff Bridges. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. And I'm sure it's going to be a big action movie and all that and adventure and stuff. So, I mean, that's where my interest, um, lies with it, but, um, it's not like I'm dying to, to watch it. I'll probably wait until it's on streaming or it's on Blu-ray before I, I check it out. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I so don't, that. I feel, yeah, it's weird. I, I, cause I didn't see kingdom of the crystal skull in the theater and, uh, I just, I'm not sure if I'm going to see this one in the theater, theater either. Yeah. I, um, but yeah, going back to romantic comedies, um, are those your are those your picks? Your pick is Love Potion number nine. Love Potion number nine. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that really comes to to mind. I mean, I saw one the other day called Dating the Enemy. It's an Australian film. It's with um, uh, Guy Pierce before he was, um, you know, before he made it over here and I mean made it over into the U.S. Um, and it's basically, it's a freaky Friday situation. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. Guy Pierce and he's dating this woman, uh, the actress named Claudia Carvan and they're dating everything. And it's their total opposites. He's, he's a radio broadcaster, I believe, or maybe, Mm -hmm. no, he's a music critic. He's in the music business of some sort. And she is something more, um, she's, a. Oh, she's a, a a scientist, and he's like a television host, like an E Entertainment, um, one of these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they meet at a party. Everything's beautiful. They get into a fight somehow or something, or they break up, and then you know how it goes. You know, you, if you can only see, if you can only walk a mile in my shoes, you would see how it is to be me. Uh oh, lightning storm, and then wait. Guess what? They wake up and they're 
in each other's bodies and they uh. gotta, yeah <laughs> now they have to oh no yeah they have to do that for a week yeah. <laughs> you know while they while they do that and then i mean it does get a little awkward too because then they like start hooking up i think they might have sex with other people in like you know guy pierce is in a woman's body he experiences sex in, as a female and then um she experiences sex as a man so um and then it just turns out you know you know what they were you know they were just meant to be with each other the whole time anyway so oh that's good right exactly um those are the only two that i can really think of um yeah that really come to mind because i'm trying to think of anything that um that i grew up with i can watch a lot with I watched a lot because, again, it's the HBO movies that are on mm-hmm. all the time. I don't know if this counts as a romantic comedy because, to me, this almost falls in, into just, like, 90s comedy because mm-hmm. it's so 90s. But Clueless? I guess Clueless oh, is yeah. a romantic comedy. Yeah, there are aspects of it, yeah. But um, to me, that's just, like, so much like a 90s comedy. The other one I saw a ton on HBO was Never Been Kissed. With Drew Barrymore, did you ever oh, see that? Oh yeah, um, bits and pieces. I just is is it? I'm trying to remember. Is is it a thing where she's 13 and she goes grows up, or is it a thing like she was a nerd and she has to go back to school? It's like a she's a nerd. She it's like a, a Happy Gilmore situation, right? Kind of. She was a, or Billy Madison. Excuse me, Billy Madison. Sort situation. of. No, it's it's like that. She's she's uh in her 20s or 30s or something like that, and she um. She, I guess she's never been kissed. I guess that's the premise. Like, <laughs> yeah. See, like now I'm trying to think of like if it was like she d- didn't get kissed in high school. I, like she's never been kissed, right? Right. So she's writing for a magazine, and then the magazine is like, "We want to know what teenagers are like." So she sneaks back into high school, right, and signs herself up as a high and pretends to be a high school student, and she's like a big. She thinks she's going to be like cool, but she ends up being like a, just a nerd again. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Jessica Alba is one of the high school girls, like the popular high school girls. And then so she's having a hard time in high school. And then her teacher is like a nice, handsome guy, which is weird because she starts like like having feelings for the teacher. And he starts kind of like, you know being receptive to that but he doesn't know that she's of age (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it works out in the end i guess but the the other thing is david arquette plays her brother and he's like the kind of dude oh i remember that he goes back to school and he turns out to be like the cool guy and everyone likes him yeah because he yeah he peaked in high school so he like works at a car wash right and then so he goes back to high school right. and immediately becomes like the coolest kid in high school. Yeah. And then he he starts like bringing her up and he starts like helping her be cool. Yeah. And then like he's like, oh, no, she's cool. She's cool. And then all the cool kids are like, oh, he says you're cool. You're cool. And then she yeah. starts hanging out. And, she and then these kids realizes like, hey, dude, you got a four o'clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care, dude. He starts like dating a girl. Yeah, no, I remember like, that yeah. aspect. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It's a good movie. It was a good movie, man. Like, I know people still still like that movie. All right. I'll like have, have to check that out. Because I remember, yeah. I mean, just seeing trailers for it, of course, and shit, but never it's like It's worth really it. And it. You'll, yeah. you'll watch it too. And you'll also, that's another movie you'll watch and be like, damn, look at all the people that were in this. 
Mm. Uh, I mean, Jessica Alba, young and Jessica Alba will stick out. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking that now that I'm thinking, I'm going through the list. Here's a, here's a, this is a good one. Ten things I hate about you. That's considered like a romantic comedy, right? Ten things right? I hate about you. Yes. Sure. Yeah, with with the legend Heath and Julia Stiles and Larissa yes. Olenek and uh, is it JP JPJ JPG um, Robin JGL Yeah, JGL love it. Yeah, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, he's in it. So I always Robin. I always, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I always. Um, it's hard because I'm just like, is it a romantic comedy? But yeah, it's just because it's based on Shakespeare. So I'm yeah. always like, it's, I always feel like, oh, it's elevated to something different. But um, um, yeah, but it is. I, I th- I, and I think that's a good one. And every girl that, you know, I talk to, they always bring up that scene where uh, Heath is singing, um, I want you, baby. Yeah. Like every every chick is like, that's my favorite part. and. And all that, so so that's a that's one I'll I'll put on on on, on the list that I, that I yeah I think it's classic and I remember watching a lot um, in school. Um, I saw one I don't know if I talked to you. I saw one called Only You the other day with um, RDJ and um, Marissa um, Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Did we talk about this the other day? No, it's just I I remember Only You is we uh, it was they reference it in the Marissa Tomei episode of Seinfeld. He's like, oh, only you, my cousin yeah. Vinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's another one where it's funny because these romantic comedies do for, for, for a lot of it. A, a, a one uh, a, a trope or a commonality is like mistaken identity. Yeah. And that's and that's always thing, but, but but one thing with this one, it's like oh poor Marissa. I mean, this is top tier Marissa Tomei. Like she is yeah absolutely beautiful. Like she's and this is just a year after, um, um, I think it's a year after she just won the Oscar. But she's top tier, peak, beautiful, beautiful woman, and yeah. she plays this woman that she's like a hopeless romantic. She's in her, I think she's like, she has to be early twenties, yeah, not twenty five or something like that. But she's single. So, oh my God, what an old maid she is! And that's yeah. how she likes. She's like, <laughs> I'm not married. I'm not married. Yeah. But the backdrop is that like when she was a little kid, she was playing a Ouija board uh, with her brother, Fisher Stevens, uh, of all people. Um, okay. And you're playing the Ouija board and it says, who will you marry? And it says Tom, and, like the name says Tom Whitley or something like that. Well, I forget what it's called. Yeah. And she's so she's like, OK, I'm going to marry this guy named Tom Whitley. And then um, she goes to a psychic later when she's like 13. And who is the man who will say I do to me? And the psychic says, Tom Whitley. So her whole life, she's been waiting for this guy named Tom Whitley. Tom Whitley, yeah. Tom Whitley. So now she's 21, 23. And she's like, oh, I'm an old lady. I need to get married. I'm just going to marry whoever. And then she's dating this doctor. But it's funny because the joke is like, well, he's a doctor. And then everyone's like, well, he's a podiatrist. Because, ah, ha, ha, you know, like he's a foot yeah. doctor. Um, so the foot doctor in, uh, proposes and she says yes, because she has to, you know, she's 23 years yeah. old. Like, and this is the last chance of marriage she's going to get. Um, so they're organizing the, the wedding and stuff. The doctor gets a phone call on his answering machine because it's the 90s. And the answering machine says, hey, um, I can't make it to the wedding. I'll be in Italy this weekend. But it's me, your friend, Tom Whitley. I hope I'll talk to you soon. She's like, oh, my yeah. God, that's the guy. That's the guy I'm supposed to marry. So. Mm-hmm. Her and her uh, best friend 
and also sister-in-law who's uh, played by Bonnie Hunt, they yeah. say, we got to go to Italy to meet this guy because that's the guy I'm supposed to marry. And if they go to Italy and it's like the most beautiful, scenic Italian trip you can ever take. You know, I like, I think yeah. they're in Tuscany, they're drinking wine and she's just obsessed with like me and Tom Whitley, Tom Whitley. Um, and every time they track him down, they just missed him or whatever yeah. it is. So she's crying and she drops a shoe, very Cinderella like. Mm-hmm. And um, who picks up the shoe? Oh, it's RDJ. RDJ. And he, RDJ is American and he, of course, but he's like charming. He speaks Italian and stuff. Yeah. And um, 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 he picks up the shoe and says, excuse me, Miss, Marissa Tomo, you dropped your shoes. She's like, I'm just upset because I'm supposed to meet this guy named Tom Whitley and he's supposed to be, you know, the guy I'm supposed to marry. He goes, Tom Whitley? He goes, that's my name. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And then she have the, they, they have this beautiful like night drinking wine in Italy and you know, riding the, the gondolia and just enjoying themselves. They go back to the hotel room. They're making out. And she's like, I knew it would be you. I knew this is just a perfect night. I, I just I just want to marry you now. And then RDJ says, I want to marry you too. But there's just one thing I have to tell you. She's like, there's nothing you can say that can ruin this night. He was like, okay, my name's not Tom Whitley. <laughs> my yeah. name is John Smith. She's like, what? Yeah. How did you lie to me? And stuff like that. And then that's where the the you know the the movie starts taking thrust oh wow um, yeah and then and it, and it continues and there's some other stuff and there is a turn there and i'm like what the fuck's happening billy zane's in it and like which is incredible <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> um so that's another one i enjoyed it but the only thing i just didn't like i was just like man they just make her to be out like this hopeless romantic like she can't get a date uh, like she's yeah, it's absolutely like it's to me yeah yeah it's like she's absolutely gorgeous in, in the movie like she can't get a date like come on yeah. man you know what i mean um right. yeah so that's another one i mean and then i mean there's romantic movies that i mean i grew up watching and stuff but i wouldn't even say they're comedy ghost is like if i had to choose one romantic movie that's the number one in my book yeah ghost like 99 like that's a movie you like motherfuckers like They'll make you want to fall in love with somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the idea of yeah. like this dude is like, listen, I'm I saw the light. I saw that shiny light. I, but I have to tell Demi Moore that I love her one more time because yeah. I got to, you know, and it's just that Whoopi Goldberg's great. She won an Oscar for that. Yeah. Um, Demi Moore is beautiful in it. It turns out there's like this murder kind of thing that's going on. Yeah. But do you, you know what stuck out with me in that movie? You already know what it is, right? The evil. Fucking <laughs> everybody knows the the scariest shit in the world ever yeah. is the, like evil ghosts that take you to hell or whatever. Dude, what the fuck? I remember as a kid yeah. watching that, I was like, "Yo, it's this disturbing. is demonic." And you know what it is though? You know what that sound is? What? So I get I guess the sound designer or whatever when he wanted to find an evil sound he took a baby's crying and just reversed it. Ah, uh, so that's what yeah. that is. That's that sound, but it just sounds so upsetting when you hear this yeah. this noise and those demons come out from the shadow and they take um um Willie that's his name you're dead Willie and they just yeah. take him to the depths of hell. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's really and then really the crazy. One dude, the he's like the teacher from Fast Times at Ridgemont High who does the the um the science uh field trip or whatever who just he's like uh in fast times at ridgemont high he's the teacher he's like oh i just switched to sanka i stopped drinking coffee i'm drinking sanka now he's the one who teaches 
he's the ghost on the subway that teaches Patrick Stewart how to be a ghost, how to like oh, move stuff. Oh, yeah. How yeah. to like uh, Vincent, interact Vincent, physically. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get off my train. I know. Scary, man. That yeah. was fucked, man. I was like, I was like, this might be too scary for me. <laughs> he's also in uh, one over uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, he's a. I mean, he's been in a million other things. He's in Batman Returns. Oh yeah, he I know. sure he's, is. He yeah, plays he's the, the organ, the, the, the organ, organ grinder. grinder. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Look at this you know, guy, Tim Burton. Yeah. Tim Burton got a look at that face and like, you're going to be in everything I do. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're my guy. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's but, in Tomorrow uh, Never Dies too. Yeah, James Bond kills him. And he's working, he's, man. He's working. Yeah, yeah. I'm just um, a professional doing a job, and then James Bond shoots him, and he goes, "So am I." I don't he know if this him. counts as romantic comedy, but uh, Miss Congeniality is good too. Oh yeah, but, but yeah, that's yeah. another another um, what's it called? Another HBO classic. Yeah, spinning and spinning on HBO. Yeah. See, I don't know if that's romantic comedy because excuse me because honestly if you put a man in that role you're gonna have a love interest in it right it's just think about it it's like a cop that goes undercover yeah and and he he's just super and the cop is uncomfortable with the situation so yes but they have to kind of um conform I don't, I don't I'm trying to think of something that's very similar in that vein. Um, it'll, 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 yeah, I'm trying to think of something that's like similar. It'll, it'll come to me. But I see, because because it's not, the focus is not on the romance. Yeah. I don't, like I, the only th- closest thing I can think of is like Blue Streak, right? With Martin Lawrence, he's a criminal who yeah. pretends to be a cop to get something. But now if you throw a woman in there as a love interest, is that a romantic comedy or is it just like she's a love interest? So therefore. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on how much of the story to, is like hinges on the love the romance, the romance part yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. Because it's, if it's not the central thing, I don't think it's really that big of a. That's yeah. a big qualifier. One thing, one one that I've seen once and I really liked, and I haven't seen it really a, a, a lot, but um, it's uh, uh, it's Francis Ford Coppola actually, um, Don Juan DeMarco. Have you seen that? No, is it's that not him? Francis Ford. No, it's I always. Why does I always think it's Francis Ford Coppola? Oh, it's produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's I Jeremy, do. I, Jeremy Levin. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Uh, definitely. And that was like, I remember seeing it and just being like, okay, it's weird that Johnny Depp and Marlon Brando worked with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Worked together. And it's like the most, and it's such a, like a disposable movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like forgotten. Like no one ever thinks about it or anything. And Faye Dunaway's in it as well. Yeah. And Marlon Brando is just like. I don't know. Isn't he like a psychiatrist? Yeah, he's a psychiatrist. Yeah, Johnny Depp thinks he's Don Juan de Marco, like the yeah. uh, the legendary lover. So, yeah. and Marlon Brando's a psychiatrist, and he's yeah. asking him, like, "Come on, you're not really Don Juan de Marco." But and Johnny Depp is so into it, and he tells him his ex, you know, his love stories and stuff. And then, you know, Don Juan, uh, Johnny Depp, as Don Juan says, "Don't you have a? Don't you have a lover? Don't you have a wife?" And Marlon Brando's like, "Yeah, my wife Dave on the way, but we've been married for like." 20 years or so and he goes, yeah. no, you need to treat her like every day is your last and then he takes the advice and like this, the relationship 
you know, he finds love again. <laughs> yeah. yeah they <laughs> But I just remember like the song was so big from Brian Adams. Have you ever really loved a woman? That was like a, Oh, I didn't know yeah. that was from that. Yeah. That was really big. So, um, but yeah, so, but it was a hit $25 million budget, 69 million in the box office. So yeah, it made his money back. It was a hit. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm just looking up this thing. According to Johnny Depp in the Turner Classic Movies documentary on Marlon Brando, when he and Brando are sitting at the table talking about the inconsistencies in DeMarco's character and DeMarco admits his father was from New York, Depp's lines were rewritten just before shooting the scene, so he had no time to prepare and memorize the lines. Brando talked to the director and cinematographer to find out where the camera angles were. He then worked out a way in which he cut up Depp's line in the script and pasted them to the cup of coffee in his hand then held the cup in his hand in such a way that the camera would not pick up the pasted lines and Depp could read them mm. but Brando would always do stuff like that like even on the Godfather he he wrote like his lines on like Lenny Montoya the guy who's Luca Brasi mm. he like taped his lines to his forehead and just read them off <laughs> that and I heard Johnny Depp for the Pirates movies he just has an earwig um he has like a little earwig and somebody's just feeding his lines to him. Really? I've heard a couple of people do that though. Like, it, well, one thing is like the argument for it is that like they, the lines are supposed to be spontaneous. Like the idea is that like, you don't know what you're going to say next usually. So it's just kind of coming to you all at, all at once. So mm -hmm. the idea is that like somebody's just giving you your lines and then you're just saying them naturally because you don't know them okay. you're just saying them as you hear them so right. and you're just like you know saying it as the character would in real time so it comes off more natural i don't mm. know if that's that might just be an excuse for laziness but yeah i just think <laughs> especially in brando's situation yeah because you, know? you hear all the stories where he just you know just shows up doesn't do whatever it was like fuck yeah. it blah, blah, blah. and um oh i just i saw i, I saw something some bloopers of him during Superman. Yeah. Um, that were really funny. I don't remember. Oh, I got I have to look it up, but he was just, I just, something, I think he was reading the, the lines and he, he just comes in. It's like, what is this fucking bullshit? <laughs> like, like, what am I talking about? But I think he also says Superman, the way he pronounces Superman goes Superman. Like he says it really, he says it weird or something. Yeah. Hello, Superman, Superman. Kalal, Kalal, or something, the way he says it. Kalal, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the big ones, um, the biggest romantic comedies, I think, are probably stuff like My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah. Pretty Woman. Yeah. Um, almost just like a ton of Julia, Ro Runaway Bride of Julia Roberts in the old days. I always remember the one which she did. It's... Um, Hollywood's what's the one she did one with um uh Billy Crystal and John Cusack and uh Catherine Zeta Jones, I guess. American Sweethearts. Oh uh, yeah. That yeah, was another HBO like, uh, one. Yeah, yeah she's the like Catherine Zeta they're sisters, I believe, and she's yeah. like the assistant. Yes. So Catherine Zeta Jones is a movie star who's dating John Cusack, who's a movie star, they break up. Yeah. And then Julia Roberts becomes her assistant. Julia Roberts is her sister, but he's also 
her assistant. Yeah. And Julia Rob when Julia Roberts, when John Cusack and Catherine Zeta Jones were dating, Julia Roberts was like fat and um homely and stuff like yeah. that. How dare she? So now oh, they were dating on the set of the movie, and now it's they have to do publicity, but they broke up, right? but they have to pretend to like each other, even though it was like a really awful thing. Yeah. So then, so he hasn't seen Julia Roberts or Catherine Zeta Jones since they were filming the movie. And now she sees Julia Roberts and starts liking her. And meanwhile, Catherine Zeta Jones is like really narcissistic and doesn't, is like ready to like destroy their, you know, relationship because relationship yeah. because, you know, she's hurt or whatever. She doesn't want to, look like yeah. a loser yeah she doesn't want but to it was pretty good yeah the odd person out stanley yeah. tucci's in it yeah he's in a lot of shit he was in made mm -hmm. in manhattan just after just what i saw um yeah just recently yeah it's funny you see people and you're like oh stanley tucci's in this or like this person's in it so yeah um yeah seth green mm, look at that yeah christopher walken plays the director of the movie who like he he steals the movie basically like he not and not that I mean that Christopher Walken's performance steals the movie. Mm -hmm. The director in the movie, the director of the movie that Catherine Zeta Jones and John Cusack are promoting has like taken the film and locked himself away to like edit it. Oh, and okay. then, and like nobody can talk to him and nobody's even seen the movie. And when they all finally sit down to watch the movie, he basically has like made a documentary about how awful Catherine Zeta Jones is. Uh, I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. 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 Cause it's all behind the scenes stuff. Like, right. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. 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 I kind of, yeah. I, I, now it's coming back to me now. So, but that's one I saw, like, I don't know why I saw that so much, but I, again, it's just like HBO. If you just, yeah. it's just on HBO at that time, you were just going to see it a million times. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. There's like, there's so many shotgun wedding with jennifer lopez that just came out these are the ones that are like the newer ones ticket to paradise with george, um, george clooney and julia roberts which wasn't really a romantic comedy it wasn't like <clears throat> i guess george clooney and julia roberts like i don't remember if they hook up i don't think they do they fall, they get drunk and fall asleep mm. together but i don't think they have sex but um they, they basically play divorced parents and their daughter goes to like Bali and meets a dude and just decides to get married. So they like, they pretend they're like down with it, but they actually are going to like ruin it, not ruin it, but just like try to talk her into like breaking it off without like making it seem like it was their idea. But why? But they, but they hate each other because they're like, because she like, she met this dude she met this dude in Bali and like knew him for like three days and then they decided to get married. So they and just think what, that it's, it's okay. So, <laughs> so they're like, just you're, like, you're making the same mistake as we are, right? Yeah, pretty much. But that's, the, that's the thing. It's like, they like, and now they hate each other. Like they yeah. despise each other, but they have to work together to like stop their daughter from making a big mistake. Mm, and then, okay. I mean, it's like, it's a pretty bland, like generic, it, you know, it looks like they they took the movie so that they could all go to vacation. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> yeah, like have a really nice vacation tax free. Um, and uh, but there, I swear to God, dude, there is one scene in this movie where George Clooney is at a bar, and so their daughter 
whatever her name, uh, I don't remember her name, but like her daughter has a friend who goes on the vacation with her and like mm-hmm. the parents know her friend. So George Clooney's at the bar with the daughter's friend and you know, his ba- the daughter's friend is just like, so what happened with you guys? And then he just goes on this monologue. I swear, dude, it is like one of the best performances George Clooney's ever done in the middle of this, like kind of nothing movie. Okay. <laughs> it's like one of like the best George Clooney monologues I've ever seen in any movie. It's Why? like, Wait, the little, he's just getting serious or dude, he just rips it, dude. He kills it. It's yeah. like the little girl. For, I was like the little girl from uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Like that was yeah. the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, he kills it. But like the rest of the movie, you don't need to watch. And you could just, it, I swear, if you just played it like at the Oscars and like just nominated him, like if they just added him in yeah. when they do the things, people would be like, yo, I think George should win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for this scene. <laughs> just for this scene. They put that scene on like, and George Clooney for, uh, I forgot what it's even called, Ticket to Paradise. And they show the clip. People will be like, George should win, dude. George should yeah, win. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I'm trying to see what other ones. Does Bridesmaids count as a romantic comedy? Not to me. That's no, that's a, that's a, that's a friend movie. Yeah. That's a buddy comedy. It's the first Bridesmaid movie. Like I've never seen a movie. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, or the one with Kate Hudson, Bride Wars. I guess that's a Bridesmaid movie. Yeah, but that's something different. That's the difference between, I think, I haven't seen Bride Wars, but the difference is Bridesmaids is about friendship. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's just set in the world of they just happen to all be bridesmaids. Where I think Brides Wars, it's it's listed as a romantic comedy, but it looks like these two, they are friends, all right? And they're just fighting because what? One's more popular than the other one or something like that? I, I, I can't remember exactly what. In bridesmaids or bride wars? Bride wars. They they uh they're like best friends and uh I know all these movies because yeah Natasha's like what? oh yeah I know why because they put because the, they got the same date and venue or something like yeah, that yeah that's it yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's just kind of like and, and one of them's like you're gonna cancel right and he's like yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I know you're gonna cancel and it's like mm, right exactly so it's kind of um, it's like that fucking. Uh, what's his Tom Hardy and fucking Captain Kirk movie with Oh Nick, God, yeah, war? I remember This Means War with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah and directed by Mick G. Oh, remember ugh. Mick G? <laughs> <laughs> I like he did the Charlie's Angels movies. Yeah, I, don't I know. like the first sure. one. Okay, I never cared for it because once I saw Chris Crispin Glover slide through a, a gate like a really narrow gate i was like what is this like what am i watching yeah, you remember that like yeah he was trying he was a little bit trying to be uh i don't know he's like a post michael bay director it's weird yeah he's like there's like the weird in like 2000 era it's like him and brett ratner were like are kind of like the same director to me mm. look he's the director of the video all-star by smash mouth i mean yeah well, and go. the offspring videos like it started off as a video director made charlie's angels charlie's angels 2 full throttle we are marshall terminator salvation which is the one where george Cl- or christian bale freaked Flipped. out yeah yep yeah my fucking what's he say my light or my grip or something I don't my know. eye line basically yeah <laughs> yeah you're my fucking eye line what you're you fucking do? professional <laughs> 
You're a nice guy. If no one knows what we're talking about, please just YouTube Chris, uh, Christian yeah. Bale freak out. And enjoy it's so yourself. funny because I was so big and now it's like, that's like the le- the last thing you remember about that guy. But it's like, dude, that was a, that was pretty huge yeah. when that happened. Yeah. Well, it's just any, I guess, because it, it didn't lead into anything. Well, you know, it's not like someone got yeah. shot on, on, on set. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it's just like, it's just a freak out, you know? And that's what it, that's what it kind of is. We yeah. just forget, you know? You know, it was, a, no, uh, speak, it was just it comes to mind because um, I'm looking at This Means War, who produced it, one of the producers, Will Smith. Hitch, Hitch huh. is a great romantic comedy. Hitch is a good romantic comedy. Yeah, and original too. Like I've never, I don't think it is, maybe there is something back in the in the backlogs, but that idea of uh, the, the matchmaker, yeah. you know, being in, involved and and all that so i thought that was pretty yeah i thought it was good i always thought yeah. they were going to make another one because i was like that was a really good concept it's a hit a good movie they should have just done another one yeah i mean I, yeah i guess you could you could just kind of keep going with that he just picks up a new dude to you know um well no coach. he falls in love at the end so maybe he is an apprentice or something that, uh, yeah you know and then yeah I don't, I don't know i'm just throwing shit out there but whatever yeah, I remember Hitch. Yeah, it was like it's pretty much his only romantic comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that was I mean, a pretty big hit too. Yeah. This is the power of Will Smith. I remember because I was working at the movie theaters. Uh, what's it called? Cinema World. Yeah. In my hometown. And I, I remember. I know, this. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, and um, I remember I used to do the box office, and sometimes people would just come up to the box office and just be like, "What's playing?" You know, something. And I just remember, just like this most stereotypical like red hat confederate flag wearing kind of looking dude come to the box office and he was like oh i don't know what to watch it was like what's playing and i said like you know this movie's playing and um i mean like it was a i think at the time the remake of the honeymooners with cedric the entertainer and mike abs he was like no not really and then i said beyond the sea with um kevin spacey it's about the life of bobby darren the singer from back in the day no he he rejected that and I said uh well hitch it's a new will smith movie he goes oh i'll do that straight up yeah not even yeah. like he didn't even know need to know what the concept yeah. was he was like oh will smith i'll watch that yeah i know that i knew this that was what you were gonna say because i think i remember when you told it to me i always remember hearing it as uh yeah i'll take two for will smith <laughs> yeah yeah well he probably did say that yeah yeah two for will smith is always very funny to me yeah um but yeah, I mean, Hitch, I feel like is the thing that kind of started the downturn. Like that was to me like the last, I mean, I Am Legend was pretty big. Um, to the point, I think they're making another one. I just heard. I yeah, they yeah, they are. But now those are like him trying to like, he's basically trying to do what Tom Cruise did. Like Tom Cruise had kind of a string where it wasn't really working out. And so he went back to like, all right, what do the people love me in Mission Impossible? All right, let's do that. Mm. Like, let's play the hits. Go back to the hits. Mm. And he did Mission Impossible, and then you know, the greatest success with Top Gun Maverick. Now, yeah, yeah. by I mean, he's gonna know, come. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't. Was... He doesn't do cocktail again or fucking. Oh uh, yeah. Risky business too. Finally, yeah. Um, yeah, but saying. now speaking of with will smith he's doing bad boys four yeah well that's been in 
I mean, that's been it because he did Bad Boys 3, so that's been in yeah. the works. But I wouldn't be surprised if he starts dusting off the Men in Black stuff. Just leave it. I, that last Men in Black was so terrible. I can't yeah, I mean, I have I got an idea for Men in Black, which would be dope, but really? I'm going to keep it to myself. We'll talk about that off. <laughs> yeah, we'll I have an idea off. too, but it's, yeah, I always had an idea. But anyway, go, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so Hitch is a good romantic comedy. I'm trying to think. I mean, the queen, I guess, is Julia Roberts. Are we going to say that? Of romantic comedies? Yeah. And, is it and, Julia and, Roberts or Meg Ryan? Because I feel like Julia Roberts is almost like bigger than romantic comedies, even though she's like the hers are like the best probably. But Meg Ryan to me is like. But like, you just got to. I think. She only does the romantic comedy. Yeah. But. Who do you who have the who has the better ones? That's what's what what matters. Well, Meg Ryan's got When Harry Met Sally, which is a classic. Again, some of these I haven't seen. Sleepless in Seattle is a classic, which I have seen. You've got Mail, which is the reteam with Tom Hanks of Sleepless in Seattle. Um, and then she has, let's see, Kate and Leopold. Um, something called addicted to love. It looks like Paul Rudd's in this. Is this 1997s? Oh no. Matthew Broderick. Um, IQ. Remember that one with Albert Einstein for some reason? Oh yeah. And he makes them fall in love. With Walter Matthau. Yes. Walter Matthau makes Meg Ryan and Tim Robbins fall in love. Oh God weird dude when you when you go back and like look at these movies like if you just look at them like like this way like just go through and i mean at the time they seem like new and current movies but now when you look at them they look like classic movies they look like 1940s movie like like tim robbins and meg ryan in a, a like a romantic comedy and you're like like why did anybody think that would work yeah well it was working i guess i guess it was working at the time but it's also just like it's it's kind of like a thing when when people become hot like you don't you just like you don't really know what's gonna work you're just like trying stuff out tim robbins tim robbins is great in shawshank redemption let's put him in a romantic comedy with Mm -hmm. meg ryan and it's like now we go like now we go because we know we've had so much Tim Robbins and Meg Ryan. We're like, I don't want to see those two together. That's a weird mix. Yeah. But back then, I guess like you just it's like alchemy. Like you just kind of try different ingredients with each other. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. French Kiss. There was a movie with French Kiss with Kevin Klein. That's another. Is that a romantic comedy? Yeah. It's comedy, Jeez. drama, romance. So I wow. think it is Meg Ryan because what it is, here's the difference between Julia Roberts and Meg Ryan. Just the scenario you just said, whereas Meg Ryan, you said we'll have a romantic comedy, Meg Ryan, and then the guy is replaceable. Yeah, that's you true. Know, he's the X factor, like not the X factor, but he's the one, the, um, the changeable um, factor in the equation. You know what I mean? But yeah. Meg Ryan's always going to be that person. Whereas Julia Roberts, um, she did romantic comedies, but it's also like she's also doing it with George Clooney, who's also a star yeah. in his right. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Richard Gere. Oh, One Fine Day. Jeez, I forgot about that. Was that them? 
one fine day. Was that that's George Clooney's? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. One fine day was George Clooney's romantic comedy. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. Yeah, but she's in a, and she has a couple of uh, little other things here and there, but most of it's just yeah, ro- the romantic comedies all throughout. Prelude to kiss, Prelude to a kiss. Yeah, her and Alec Baldwin. Oh my gosh, she's yeah, she's been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows she could direct her own probably. Yeah, she's point. done everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> she's done with everyone in. in yeah, prelude to a kiss. A couple falls in love despite the girl's pessimistic outlook. As they struggle to come in terms with their relationship, something supernatural happens that tests it. Ooh, I wonder what that is. Maybe he's a he's a vampire or some shit. He yes, can your eyes, of course. Your heart. <laughs> it's weird she's not in anything anymore. Like, I don't know. It wasn't like she was ever like she wasn't bad. Yeah, but you, I don't know, man. Unfortunately, it's Hollywood, weird. Like sometimes, know. yeah, sometimes the right part just never comes for certain people. Like it's kind of like what we were talking about. Just like, like you know, Tim Robbins could have been, you know, you try this Tim Robbins romantic comedy to get to Mystic River, I guess, at some point. Mm. Like, I don't know. Uh, um, oh, one thing I did want to mention because it's kind of current is um some of the the names involved in these movies Nancy Myers, right? So Nancy Myers is the writer and director of you know some pretty famous romantic comedies. It's complicated with Meryl Streep and Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Something's got to give with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. The Holiday with Cameron Diaz and Jude Law and Jack Black and Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. right? The reason, again, I bring her up is because she has a new movie coming out, upcoming called Paris Paramount. This is starring Scarlett Johansson, Michael Fassbender, Penelope Cruz, and Owen Wilson. Uh, it's, it's called a filmmaking duo who, after falling in and out of love, reunite on set to work together again. I mean, sounds like a romantic comedy to you, right? A filmmaking duo who after falling in and out of love reunite on set to work together again, right? Mm -hmm. Sounds kind of basic. This movie's budget is a hundred million (laughs) dollars. You're like, like what CGI are you using? Or is Scarlett Johansson just making $50 million on this one? That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Michael Fassbender is getting a check. Dude, that's that's so crazy. I like now you just kind of go like, okay, I have to see this movie now because you're like, what could you possibly be spending a hundred million dollars on? That, I mean, it's, it's, they're all getting checks. That's basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless they're taking flights with it's Paris Paramount. I mean, is it, does it take place overseas? I mean, you know, they they just got to take trips to, to 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 france and you know yeah that's it that's it because technically all you got to do is get some b-roll of france and then everything is shot yeah. inside <laughs> yeah get some plates and then just <laughs> shoot green screen of france. oh france is amazing well and uh i mean we could kind of wrap up the um romantic comedy talk but like speaking of green screen the mm. movie i watched this week was ant-man 3 mm. quantum mania and I'm just like, 
it was fine. It really wasn't bad. Jonathan Majors is great in it. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, I keep watching. I'm like watching this movie and all I can think of is like, dude, this is so green screened. It's not even like, it's not even like fun to watch in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just so constantly aware that they're, they're like on a sound stage and like, mm-hmm. there's like, I'm like, all I'm wondering is like how much stuff is actually in the, in there with them. Like, I know there's a green screen somewhere, but it's like, even just like, I don't want to call it laziness, but like, just like there's like dust particles and they're very obviously like CGI dust particles. Cause they're not like, you know, just put some like smoke or like fog in the, the shot just to give like some kind of atmosphere in it. It's like, everything's like totally clean, even though they're in like a sandstorm. You know, like Paul Rudd's face is not, has no sand or like his eyes aren't wincing because of the sand hitting his face. And I just, I don't know, man. Like I was just watching it and going like, yeah, but like, why do I care? Like, it just felt like, I mean, I put a letterbox review in, uh, up about it and um, it just seemed like everybody shot on separate days. Like nobody's in the same room with each other and like, I didn't like, it didn't matter that it was Ant-Man. Like it could have been any Marvel character in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some nice moments, some nice Ant-Man moments and some, you know, Jonathan Majors was great. Like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer is like, basically like the whole movie is on her, but it's not like, she's just kind of like explaining stuff for the mm-hmm. most part. And not like, there's not like really a weird character like you you would think that like like i would think that she would almost be like robin williams in jumanji or something remember like mm. she's been stuck in the quant she was stuck in the quantum realm for like 30 years like she's not like weird or anything like she doesn't have any like she's not like hippy dippy or anything like she's not she doesn't have a screw loose at all she's just like a normal person mm. who like she acts like she wasn't there like she just knows a lot about it or something she does she's yeah. not like She's not like, oh, that's a Flergenfuchen. I haven't had one of those in years. Like, yeah, she's not like yeah. weird, right? Yeah. There's like an opportunity to make her like kind of weird. And obviously she might be a little off spending 30 years in a like miniature world or whatever. Yeah. But she doesn't. She's just like, yeah, I was on the six train. And then like I'm here. Like she just doesn't like approach it. And then Bill Murray's in it for like five minutes and it didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just was like, I was pretty uh, underwhelmed by it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's not great. It's not as, I don't think it's as bad as critics are making it out to be. Um, and I can see a lot of problems with it. And Jonathan Majors is awesome. I think he was a really, really good villain. Um, one of the things, we speak about Michelle Pfeiffer, one thing that I, I think I mentioned to you before is that one thing I didn't I just didn't like? Listen, we all know Kang is the villain. Um, if you follow the Marvel movies or if you saw a fucking trailer, you know Kang is the villain. Yeah. And they get into the quantum realm, and everyone's constantly like, "Him, oh him, he's coming for you." Who? I can't explain to you right now. I'll tell you a little bit later. And then cut, and then we're doing something else. Then Ant Man and his daughter run into some natives, and he's like, "Oh, he's looking for you. Who? Who's he?" can't explain to you like it's just like get on with it like i know what's what's going on you know 
Um, yeah, and, and and it's just that the CGI stuff is is it is it is really out of hand. And who knows? I mean, we'll see in ten years how that how I guess bad the movie is going to look. Especially was it Mordock that Mordock, stretch yeah. face? Like yeah. that just looks bad. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to. It was supposed to look very jarring and weird. Yeah, but yeah, there's a level where it looks like unintentionally bad. Yeah, but I think it's supposed to look like crazy. Mm. But it does end up looking a little like, is this supposed to look that bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, and it's funny because it's called Ant-Man and Wasp, and you kind of forget Wasp Dude, is in it. Yeah, I'm like that was the big thing. Is like there was a point in the movie where. I mean, I'll spoil it a little bit, but like there's a point in the movie where there's a, a portal that opens and everybody's going through it. Scott Lang's about to jump through it and then Kang pulls him back, right? And they're like, no, the portal's closing. Scott! And then Kang and Scott are fighting on the opposite end of the portal. The portal's closing. One of the characters has to go out and has to go through the portal to get to help Scott. Right. Mm-hmm. And like this whole time you kind of figure like, I mean, it's been Michelle Pfeiffer's movie the whole time. It's also been his daughter's movie the whole time. You figure one of them would probably do it. It would probably make more sense for Michelle Pfeiffer to go back in there and sacrifice herself because of mm-hmm. the real, she basically let Kang out in the first place in mm-hmm. some ways. So it makes sense for her to do it. But then it's just, it's the wasp. And then you just, I remember when she comes out and helps him, I realized I was like, the only reason she's doing this is because they realized she hadn't done anything in a long time in this movie. Cause she didn't, there was like, she had really no reason to be there other than Mm. she was in the room when they all got sucked in there. Yeah. And like, uh, Hank Pym's flying the ship. Um, Ant-Man is Ant-Man. His daughter is like learning to use the suit. Michelle Pfeiffer knows everything about the quantum realm and the wasp is just there. Yeah, like she doesn't have anything interesting. She doesn't have any, anything interesting to say. She doesn't like have any insight that could help them. She's like, I mean, she has her wasp suit, but like, so does Cassie. Like it kind of doesn't really matter. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like they forgot. They just like, were like, well, shit. Do we have to call Ant-Man and the Wasp again? I yeah. guess we do. And also, you know that was a rewrite. That was a reshot, the ending. Oh, really? Yeah. Technically, apparently, he was uh, Ant-Man was supposed to be stuck in the quantum realm. Oh, really? Yeah. He was supposed to. I think they shot it originally. You get stuck in the quantum realm, and that's kind of what he deals with. It makes um, sense. And then, I guess, audience reacted neg- negative uh, to it. And yeah. uh, they they reshot it and they said no let's have and, and to your point a wasp hasn't done anything so let's have her go in save yeah. him and then they and then they can leave together and yeah. for a much happier ending it kind of so does make sense because then it's kind of like at the end when he's just like uh, when he's walking down the street and he's kind of questioning he's like did I really save the world what did Kang mean when yeah. he said there will be others and he's like oh, I don't know we'll worry about it in the next movie <laughs> yeah I know literally I mean it's kind of like what happened and it feels like all that stuff feels like a reshoot like whenever somebody's whenever it's like a shot like that it's like 
they're just eating birthday cake at a restaurant. And it's like the most reshottable thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the easiest reshoot you could do. Like, what are they going to be doing? I don't know. Eating birthday cake at a restaurant. All right. Yeah. That's easy to do. Yeah. Um, we just need a, a close-up shot of Paul and, uh, <laughs> and a cake. Um, uh, yeah. I wonder, well, so, so what was the thing? He was just going to be stuck there and die or like he was just going to be stuck there. I think from what I saw and read, he was just going to be stuck there and then potentially might lead to other stuff later down At the some line, point. the MCU yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, eventually he was just going to be, yeah, he was just going to be just, yeah, he'll, he'll just be, be stuck there. And then maybe later he'll, he'll come back and you know, will be like, oh, wow, you know, yeah, we got to get Ant-Man out of the quantum realm. Yeah, or before he discovers we fight something. Yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe when in, in, um, in the future movie Kang over the Kang dynasty, it's the Avengers Endgame thing, but he takes everyone from the quantum realm out and that yeah. becomes like the army. You know what I mean? Like on your yeah. left and here comes Ant-Man. Yeah. You know? yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it could, it could be that. Yeah. But I heard like the, 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 the first ending was really received poorly. So they had to, to reshoot it. Oh, I didn't so, know that. And what, so what do you think it falls into in the, in the MC? What, what grade? Oh, would you give it? Well, I mean, you know, for me, the Ant-Man movies were never, you know, my favorite. Um, I would say this probably, I mean, it's not Eternals bad. I think Eternals is <laughs> the worst of the worst. Yeah. I think it's the, yeah, I think it's the lowest lows for me. I mean, I'm not including the TV shows. Um, yeah, Eternals is the lowest. And then above that is like. I don't know, Thor, the dark world. Uh, weirdly, weirdly, I think I like this better. I'm wondering if I like this better than Ant-Man two, because I don't even re really remember Ant-Man two. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's further up. I just don't know how much. Um, Was it better than Thor four? Hmm. I actually think so. Was mm. like because I, I I think about Thor four, and I was like, was that fun? I was like, I feel like it was fun, but I don't really like. It made me laugh. Like the goats, the flying goats, the noise they made made me laugh yeah. every time it was on. And like Russell Crowe was pretty funny in it. I also think that this Quantumania suffers from like the Ragnarokification of the MCU. Like this mm -hmm. was like trying to be the Ragnarok of like Ant-Man meets Ragnarok. And it, yeah. it's like, you can only, it only kind of works with Taika doing that yeah. one movie, I guess. Cause it didn't even work the second time really. Yeah. Right. Me. Yeah. Yeah. But Especially yeah, would, with things like with that goop character, I have holes. Yeah. I have holes now. Too. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. I thought Modoc was funny. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's, Definitely in like the low, the lowest quarter of, you know, whatever that is. It's in the lower 25 percentile. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not. Ant-Man and Wasp. Well, I just call it, I'm just calling numbers. Ant-Man 2. Ant-Man yeah. 2, same thing. I I had to do like a, I didn't do a rewatch, but I did a, a re, well, before I saw Ant-Man 3, I saw, I did like a, a video recap of all all the all the yeah. ant-mans 
and I remember watching it in theaters, and I really don't remember anything. I was like, oh, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was in that movie. And uh, yeah. there was this, uh, like, evil chick, bad guy, and, and stuff like that. And and um, who's another one? Uh, Walter Goggins. Oh, yeah, he is in that movie. Um, so I, I really don't remember anything of it. And, uh, yeah, so... Um, I, I will say Ant-Man 3 is a little bit better than Ant-Man 2 just because. But Ant-Man 1 is the best, I think, the best one out of the, out of the Ant-Man series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Just because it's – and it's a bummer because one thing in Ant-Man 3, that, like they don't bring Michael Pena back. T.I. is not back. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like it's, it's, it's strange to have those characters that were pretty important to the story and then not bring them back. Yeah, it's – well, it's interesting because um... – uh yeah because especially those characters um the russian guy is actually the russian guy in ant-man <laughs> one and two mm-hmm. he actually plays the voice of i think he's the voice of the i have holes guy oh um, really but yeah but bringing those characters into that world especially michael pena like would have probably added a lot of yeah added something to this thing that kind of needed something it's like the charm of the first two is kind of lost in this one and because of the marvel you know universe-ness of it all that needs to happen mm-hmm. and kang is like you know probably too big I, they had to introduce him somewhere and they had they put it in this one because they were like you know ant-man could use the rub <laughs> and uh, i don't know if it totally worked did you see? Did you? Because I think we spoke about it before. But I, I said Ant Man Three is very much like Ant Man in the Star Wars universe. Did you see any of those allegories when I'm talking about it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, I mean, just the just the aliens, the aliens yeah. themselves just look like Star Wars aliens. And this is, and it's not like surprising because Peyton Reed has been a director on The Mandalorian, um, for uh, you know, for the past two seasons, I think. And uh, one of the things is like on the Mandalorian, they use a thing called the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the volume is? Is that a screen? Yeah. It's basically like, instead of using green screens, they just put a huge screen, like a huge curved screen behind you. Yeah. And so instead of a green screen where you have to imagine what's behind you, they actually can just put what you're going to see behind you. And mm-hmm. so you're not having to like, well, pretend it's a giant monster. You can actually yeah, see, see it see behind it. you. There's a level of depth and then the uh, VFX people can match. It's easier for them to match the lighting. So it looks better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very helpful in that regard. But um, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it feels very Star Wars. It's no surprise to me. And um, yeah, I mean, there's even like, Bill Murray is kind of the Lando of it all. But like, I was like, this character kind of doesn't need to be in it. I feel like this, you could have introduced Kang here and like, I don't know. They did so much like telling us that he's the bad guy that it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like pre, even before this movie starts, you already know he's the bad guy. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. There's a, I feel like there's a way to do it where you don't know what, you know, he shows up, but you don't know if he's a good guy or or he's actually trying to help or not, but that's very Marvel. Like, Mm. I feel like they've done that a lot, but it's just like, 
I, I also didn't like where everybody was just like, but he's coming and yeah. he's looking for you. What are we going to do when he gets here and him and her? I was just like, okay. You let him to us. Like, yeah. that's what I mean. That's what, the whole movie. I'm like, I don't, I, like I said, I know he's the bad guy. And, yeah. and, and let's say I didn't know he wasn't like, I know, I, I, let's say I did not know Kang is in this movie. Fucking just bring him out. Like, what's the point? Like you're, you're hyping right. it up too much, you know? Yeah. And I, and I agree the Bill Murray thing is, it's fun. He was good in it. And I, I, th- I think he was funny, but he wasn't unnecessary in it you know i mean but yeah. it was just i took it as like they just needed in in relation to thor 3 they needed the jeff goldblum you know yeah, kind of character yeah, yeah. where it's yeah. like a weird guy he's like he oh he's like running the town but he's like a little quirky and um and that so yeah it's just um but they could have just taken taken that out too. I mean, it's just like yeah, everything they have like they 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 have stormtroopers in the film, and it, it's just like it just reminded me of Star Wars so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mindless like stormtrooper guys with guns, the faceless guys with guns. Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's weird. Like these movies are feeling like chores now because it's just like I'm like. All right, Kang's coming. Let's see what. But even like, I'm like, can we just get to Secret Wars? Because I'm even like, Kang, like, so it's announced that it's Avengers Kang Dynasty and then Avengers Secret War. So theoretically, it's like, seems like there's going to be something that happens in Kang Dynasty that's going to lead to Secret Wars, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, feels very much like Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and uh, I'm just like, can we just get there? Because even like, because Secret Wars, I feel like it's just going to be everybody. They're going to like pay whatever Robert Downey Jr. wants and get him to be Iron Man. They'll bring back Chris Evans, Hugh Jackman, Toby, Andrew, Tom, like name them all. Like Ian McKellen's come back as Magneto, like Professor... Uh, Patrick Stewart is back. And James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Who who do you want? They're coming. They're back. Ben Affleck's Daredevil, and the <laughs> other dude is Daredevil. Charlie Cox, <laughs> and Thomas Jane's coming back as Punisher. You don't even remember Thomas Jane, do you? <laughs> like, <laughs> and John Travolta, because remember he was a bad guy in that movie. Yeah, exactly. And Chris Evans going to do double duty as Johnny Storm, and Jessica Alba's back. Like. Wouldn't that be wild if they the cast for the Fantastic Four movie coming out is just going to be like um, Jessica Alba, Ian Gruffid, Chris Evans, and then um, Michael Chiklis? <laughs> they, yeah, just, right? <laughs> they just said, fuck it. We're not doing anything new. But um, so I think that we could probably wrap it up there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If there's anything else you want to talk about. No, I think we covered all the romantic comedies in the world. And yeah. The Ant-Mans and the MCUs of it all. I, I, there was one thing I wanted to talk talk about, but I think we could we could probably do an episode on it. Um, uh-huh. You mentioned you were on text. You mentioned you were on a Gene Hackman run and mm. you were watching uh, 
Runaway Jury, which I was like, yeah. oh, I remember that was an HBO movie if I ever saw one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we can talk about that next time. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on a Hackman run. I just saw I saw that this week, and then last night I saw Crimson Tide with him mm. and Denzel, which is that's actually really good. That was like that's it, it was it's like sold as, as like action thriller, but it's not really that much action. It's just too like great actors just yelling at each other yeah <laughs> it almost could be yeah. a play you know what yeah. i mean because it's so like confined and it takes place in a submarine it's so confined in a submarine and it's just this guy wants to do this and this guy wants to do that yeah and they're just fucking yelling at each other and sweating the whole time and and all this shit and then i saw yeah. roll of bombs last night too so i've been on uh, that run uh uncredited uh writing by quentin tarantino in that in crimson tide yeah, and no, oh. and uh, yeah, Crimson Tide. Yeah, you know the what? Film... I have an idea of what line it is because I was watching that and Hackman says some racial shit, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this coming from?" Yeah, well, it's funny because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. The film has uncredited additional writing by Quentin Tarantino, much of it being the pop culture reference laid in dialogue. Tarantino is it about the horses. Had, is it, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. I, I yeah, noticed yeah. in the movie. Tarantino had an onset feud with Denzel Washington during filming over what was called Tarantino's racist dialogue added to the script. Mm. A few years later, Washington apologized to Tarantino saying he buried the hatchet. Huh? Mm. Yeah. I knew, I knew that trying to get that, uh, that, uh, dead mm, storage. <laughs> in crimson tide scene yeah there's some there's there, honestly i was watching it and then out of the it, like it, i left that while well, i finished the movie i was like huh i don't know if you want to get into it now but it's just like there's a there's hackman tells a story or he asks denzel washington's and it's like in the like at the end it's almost toward the end he tells him like did you know this fact about these horses and you're like Okay, and then he it, it becomes racial, and you're like, and I'm like, what the fuck is that about? And then they end the movie ends, and they end on like they resolve their differences in the movie. And I would left the credits go, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like even if my boss gave me a promotion at the end, I would be like, what the fuck was that about last <laughs> week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just yeah. like, yo, what the fuck, like. I don't know. Like, it was just like, dude, yeah. that was like really, you, you're, that statement about eugenics was really weird. I mean, I'll take the promotion, but bro, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? All right. All right. Let's, that's another episode. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll go whole, into deeper. And I, I want yeah. you, yeah, check it out. And I'm going to watch Crimson Tide, man. Damn. Yeah. Like, and, right. you, and, I, and when you, when it comes up, it's so blatant. You're like, you know what the like, fuck huh? is that about? Um, all right. Where can people find you? Oh yeah, people can find me online. Um, I have uh, all my socials basically: Dro Esquire, D R O underscore E S Q, um, Twitter and Instagram. If anyone has any movie recommendations or just want to chat about movies, feel free. Um, I do have a letterbox out there. Um, I can't. I think you just look at look me up, Pedro Duran, P E D R O D U R N. My reviews will come up. Um, and that's basically it. Anyone has, like I said, anyone has any movie recommendations, want to chat about movies, feel free. Um, I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to discussions. So, um, yeah, that's it. 
Uh, you can find me at ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Christian Duran SVP on Instagram and Christian Duran, C-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-D-U-R-A-N on Letterboxd. I have uh, reviews. I try to log everything uh, I see. I don't want I try not to write like lengthy, lengthy reviews, but the Ant-Man one, I just had some thoughts. So, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll be talking about, yeah, I, I'm going to watch Crimson Tide. I'm trying to watch the Patriot. I'm trying to watch. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to watch. All I saw that on Plex. I saw you like quarter, quarter in. Did you see that moment where he, where Jason Isaac? Yeah. Cause when I started, uh, when Jason Isaac says, you know, to, uh, the, like the guys working on Mel Gibson's land. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I saw yeah. that. He's like, he pays us. I'm like, Oh God, come yeah, on, no. man. Like they make him such to be such the greatest person. In, yeah. He's in the, the best guy ever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk to you. We'll talk <laughs> in depth about this. Yeah. Great. All right, guys. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye.